I may be um, dating myself, but um, do you remember, there was a character, uh, Billy Crystal played a character on Saturday Night Live. Do you remember him? No, go ahead. You, that's all right. Do you remember, uh, that's Fernando. Do you remember Fernando? Yes. And uh, two of you uh, that, yeah, anyway. He had a weird accent. Uh, he did a little sketch on the show where he hosted an interview show in a, in a a restaurant booth in the corner. I don't know if you remember that or not. Uh, and they called it Fernando's Hideaway. And uh, Fernando was all about appearances, looking good. Um, his catchphrase, we used to repeat it all the time as middle school and early high school students. We would repeat it, you look marvelous, he would say, right? And, or the, the big long phrase he would say is, it is better to look good than to feel good. And darling, you look marvelous. And he would just do that. I'm sorry you had to endure that. Um, but um, uh, he was all about appearances and it's better to look good than to feel good. Uh, I don't know if I buy into all that, but, but I think we do, people in general, I think, do put a lot of emphasis on looking good, right? I mean, how much time and money do you spend on, uh, on looking good? Obviously, it's tons. I can see all of you, and you look amazing. So obviously, you have spent much time and money on looking good, at least this morning, in order to come to church. I, I ran across some research this week uh, Americans, on average, will spend close to a quarter of a million dollars in their lifetime looking good, uh, uh, trying to look good. Uh, women tend to spend more than men, uh, averaging, um, I'm sure this is not you, but averaging over $300 a month. Um, uh, guys, more like 200 250 uh, Even if you don't spend that much, I don't know, you're, some of you are calculating it right now to see if that's really you or not. Um, but if you don't spend the money, we at least spend the time, right? I mean, most of you, I think, probably bathe. Um, ran a, you probably ran a comb through your hair this morning. Uh, you brush your teeth. You put on the the, the decent clothes. That you try to match all those. People go on diets. They wear makeup. They use creams and hair dyes and all sorts of concoctions so that we'll like what we see in the mirror. Right? Today, I'm not going to discuss your beauty tips. Don't worry. Uh, but I do want to tackle what we look like in the mirror spiritually. Uh, this winter, we've been asking ourselves these questions. Uh, do you see Jesus in the mirror? I'm not going to throw any of those out today. I think I heard a couple of you last week. But uh, if you didn't get one of these cards yet, um, they are out on the, uh, the little wall out there uh, to, the, to the right as you go out the door. And uh, they just have those questions on there. Um, questions to live by. And we've been highlighting uh, those questions. And you see them up there on the, uh, on the wall right now. Have I met with God today? Am I trusting and obeying God in everything? Do I see Jesus in the mirror? Who have I served today? Am I close to someone who is far from God? Five questions that, uh, that will help us kind of evaluate our spiritual lives. Am I on the right track? Am I doing the right things? Am I doing what it takes in order to be growing in my relationship with God? Uh, our whole mission as a church, we lived a love people to life, and if we're doing that, then uh, some of these things, these, uh, these questions will help us determine if we're kind of living that life that God wants us to live. So uh, the past couple of weeks, we looked at those first two, right? Have I met with God today? Am I trusting and obeying God in everything? And those are, those are relationship questions. Uh, they're about our connection with God. You remember we, we looked at uh, John 15 where Jesus is talking about the vine and the branches and, and our connection to, uh, to Jesus, the vine. Um, 
We need to meet with him through, through prayer and through uh, spending time in God's word, the Bible, and, and obeying what he wants us to do as we trust him. Uh, and uh, there's, there, there's no way that we will be the people that God wants us to be if we're, if we're, uh, if we're not making that connection and, and uh, investing in that relationship. Today, we're going to look at there, you see that highlighted up there, do you, do you see uh, Jesus, do I see Jesus in the mirror? Now, of course, I'm not talking about actually seeing Jesus when you gaze into the mirror. Go ahead. Uh, this was a little creepy when I Googled. Um, or, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Nick just got on Instagram yesterday, and he knew that we were talking. We talked a little bit on, and I had told him how creepy some of these pictures were. And this is what he posted. Um, and that was, that's, a couple of you thought that was really him all dressed up as Jesus uh, in his bathroom, uh, which it, it almost could be. But anyway, um, it's a little, go ahead and get that off of there. I think that's. Yeah, that's maybe getting us in the wrong point. Anyway, we're not talking about actually seeing the image of Jesus appear before us as we, uh, as we look in the mirror. But, but asking this question is, is just a way of evaluating if Jesus' character is being formed in us. Am I becoming more like Jesus? Uh, is my character becoming more godly? What about the uh, words that we say or, or whether we get angry or not or, or whether we're uh, irritable or not? Uh, how's your patience with other people? Uh, what are your habits like? Are you filled with joy and peace? It's, it's not so much about what you look like on the outside, obviously, but it's about who you are and who you are becoming on the inside. Uh, it, it seems like more and more people uh, these days are, are it's, it's popular to try to find out about your ancestry. And uh, now before there was ever Ancestry.com or 23andMe, my father spent countless hours, years, uh, diving into our uh, family's genealogy. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't put my finger on the, uh, on the book, uh, but I have a book. That, um, that my father compiled, and I know it's in a safe place, I just couldn't find that safe place this week, uh, but it, it's a book that he has compiled of our family tree and all the different branches and where we can trace our, our, uh, our uh, genealogy back to. Uh, he, he spent time online and, and in libraries and at city records offices and, and even in cemeteries. <laughs> they go on a little day trip and, and uh, oh yeah, where'd you go? Where'd you? Well, we went to, so, so we could check out this cemetery. Uh, just, you know, a nice little romantic outing to uh, walk through the cemetery together. But they, they were looking at and, and tracing back and they look at these records and marriage licenses and death notices and, and headstones. And I mean, I even remember a letter they received back, he received back from a church written in German uh, from a church in Germany where he had written to them in German uh, to, uh, to uh, ask about some records from uh, the, the distant past and sure enough they had some membership records and he, uh, all this, I mean it's, it's you know, it was, uh, nowadays there are all sorts of services, right, where you can trace, you just send in, uh, you send in your DNA and uh, you just put it in the, drop it in the mail and uh, you can find out all, thing, all kinds of things about your, your um, genetic history. Uh, and maybe you've, maybe you've done that. I don't know. It's amazing what science can do these days. Of course, there's a, a, a DNA testing has been used for, for years now in law enforcement uh, so that you, we can determine who a person truly is um, and what he or she might or might not have done, right? Um, 
there was, there's a story of, a, uh, of the children of, a, of a, a well-to-do family who decided to give their father a, a birthday present of a book containing their whole family history. And so uh, they were going to tell the story, but then they hired this biographer to be able to write it out into a way that, was, uh, that, that would read well and all those things. And so uh, they, they talked to him of, uh, about all the different family stories, but they, they, they got to uh, the whole story of Uncle George, and they kind of wanted to avoid that whole story because uh, Uncle George... George's story wasn't it was kind of a, a, a smudge on the record of the family. Um, Uncle George had actually been uh, uh, electrocuted in the electric chair uh, for, for murder, and they didn't want that to really be part of the book. And the biographer said, Oh, no, we, we can include Uncle George. He said, I'll just write it this way I'll merely write that Uncle George occupied a chair of applied electronics at an important government institution. He was attached to his position by the strongest of ties. And his death came as a real shock. So maybe in writing we can twist things around and we can uh, make ourselves look better or disguise the truth about a person or about ourselves. DNA will tell us uh, who we really are, right? It, it, it reveals our real identity. And I mean, I don't understand how the science works. I'm a preacher, not a scientist or a doctor. But I do know that, that the, our DNA is the genetic blueprint that, for each one of us that determines our every characteristic. And because of DNA testing, we're able to see who a person really is. No matter what we pretend uh, to be or no matter what we think we are, DNA tells us who we really are. So I guess today, even more than the image of a mirror, I, I think we're looking into our spiritual DNA uh, not just what we can see in the mirror, who we are on the inside, our character. That, that picture of the vine and the branches in John uh, 15, we're grafted into the vine, into Jesus, and so that branch is grafted into the vine, and then uh, just like the sap would run through a branch, the God's spirit flows in us and through us, and uh, the, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Jesus himself, uh, lives inside us and gives us life if we're connected to Jesus, to the vine. Uh, Acts 2, 38, uh, the, uh, the apostle Peter explain, explained it this way. He says, he tells the whole crowd, he says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of, the, of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Something supernatural happens when we choose to take God up on his offer of forgiveness and, and his spirit moves into our lives and changes us. He changes our spiritual DNA. Throughout our lives, the Spirit continues to keep working on us, making us more and more like Jesus. And so when we're asking the question, do I see Jesus in the mirror, it's, it's the result of, again, that, that connection with Jesus and his Spirit living in us and changing us from the inside out. His, his uh, life in us produces fruit that looks like Jesus. And, and I think there's one main thing, really, that, uh, that characterizes our lives, if we look in the mirror and we're going to see if we see Jesus in the mirror, if we're going to uh, evaluate what our spiritual DNA is, I want us to go back to John 15 one more time this week. John 15, verses 9 through 17. And I want you to, maybe as we read through this, maybe it'll bubble to the surface and you realize, what is this one characteristic above all the rest that, will be, uh, char- that we will be characterized by if, uh, if we're looking like Jesus. John 15, beginning in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. 
If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down his life, uh, one's life for one's friends, and you, you are my friends if you do what I command." I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command, love each other. The one characteristic, as I read through that, the, 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 the character of, of God and of Jesus that bubbles to the surface as I walk through that, if I'm looking, at Jesus, looking in the mirror and seeing Jesus, there's one characteristic more than any other that will show, and that is the character of love. Love. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Love each other as I have loved you. This is my command. Love each other other so we have to ask ourselves the question self is love the divine defining characteristic of my life if if i asked people who are close to you to describe you would godly love be one of the things that they describe about you and your character jesus looks like love jesus is love so if i see jesus in the mirror i'll be living a life of love and that sounds pretty simple i mean well okay great that sounds good but maybe there's a little more to it than that when i first approached this uh this topic of of uh seeing jesus in the mirror uh my first uh angle on it so to speak i guess was to look at how to be uh how god's holy character can be developed in us and so i had all this stuff lined out uh you know you know we just spend hours count days and weeks just studying pouring okay maybe not that long but uh pouring over uh and and looking at all of these characteristics of how to be holy what does holiness look like how can god's righteousness be seen in us as we look in the mirror and 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 but yet as i as i thought about it and i prayed about it and i studied more and i mean i felt like okay all that's important and yeah we need to we need to be doing all but the primary characteristic more than anything else we're going to see jesus uh showing through in our lives the primary characteristic it all comes back to love of course we're if we're exhibiting god's love then we'll be living holy lives we'll be righteous we'll be avoiding sin and, and we'll be living sanctified lives and 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 yet the foundation of it all is love god's love um, jesus is connected to god's love we're connected to jesus and his love his spirit of love is flowing through us giving us his love and his life Jesus was even asked uh, about uh, following uh, the commandments. And, and, you know, back in the day, in his day, the righteous people, people that were on track with God, were the ones that were following all the commands and doing all the stuff. And, and they made sure that they, they followed this and they did that and they, they, uh, they did all the right things and, and all the thou, shalls, uh, thou shalts and thou shalt nots and, and they did all that. And so somebody came to Jesus and said, well, what's the most important? All these commandments we've got, we have, what's the most important thing? And Jesus says, well, it just boils down to two things. They're not really in the list, but they kind of are beyond the list. He says, love God with all you've got. And love your neighbor, love the people around you, uh, just as much as you love yourself. Because we all know you love yourself. 
And so, so uh, he says, if you're doing that, if you're loving God and loving your neighbor, you're going to be following all the laws. And, and so I've, I've looked at that at different times. And if you think through the, even just the list of the Ten Commandments, if I'm loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, then, okay, I'm not going to have any other gods before him because all my heart, soul, mind, and strength is focused on him. So uh, my love for God, I've, I've, I can check that one off. Yeah, I'm, I'm following that. Uh, I'm not going to misuse his name because I, I love him. The, the list goes down. If, if I love my neighbor, then I won't steal from them. I won't dishonor my parents, but my parents are my neighbor or my fellow person. Uh, I, I won't have an adulterous affair because I'm uh, loving the people around me. Love changes how I live. So that's why when we ask the question, do I see Jesus in the mirror, uh, I should be seeing love growing inside me. If love is growing in me, I'll see it. It'll show. It's an inside job. It happens in your spirit once you make that commitment to remain connected to Jesus in that relationship. He's the vine, we're the branch. I, I love that image of, uh, of nature. Uh, we, we just can see uh, in our mind, we see it all the time, the things that are thriving, the things that are alive are the things that are connected and, and the life is flowing through. That video we saw a little bit ago about thriving and, and the, all the water and all the, uh, uh, the, the green and, and all, that's where the life is. And, and if we're disconnected, all of a sudden that just dies, it withers and dies. We will not have the relationship that we need to have with God if we're not connected with him. And so we, we talk about meeting with him and, and praying and reading scripture. We talk about trusting and obeying him and everything. And, and if we do that, then we get here to number this, our third question, that our DNA changes on the in, from the inside out. We have God's life, God's spirit living in us. And so his love will flow through because God is love. It's not that God loves he does, but only because it's part of his character. God is love. It's his DNA. I've heard this, probably said it before. It uh, doesn't originate with me. God's love does not need an object to love in order to exist. Because love is already the essence of who he is. God is love. Whether he loves us or not is, is just a, a secondary thing. Because God is who he is, not just what he does. He will always love because it's, it's part of who he is. It's, uh, and, and his love is not contingent on, on what we do or how we act. God doesn't love because of anything good in me that I might have done to earn his love. He loves because it's who he is. And Jesus says we need to remain in him and in his love just as Jesus remains in his father and in his love. And so God, the Father's love, flows in us and through us, through Jesus and through the Spirit, and, and comes out in this change of DNA so that we can match our Father's character. Love is the fruit that is produced when the Spirit flows in and grows in our lives. Now, I know I, I talk about fruit, and uh, immediately... Um, our minds might go to Galatians chapter 5 where they list, uh, where Paul lists nine different character qualities or the fruit of the spirit, right? And, and so we've got this whole list of nine different things that, uh, that, that, that happen when, uh, when God's Holy Spirit is living in us. Uh, what's on that list? We've got love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All those things are part of, of uh, who we are when, uh, when, when we're living a life of love. 
uh, when we're living a life focused on, on God. Because, and I think it's, it's, not a, it's not a coincidence. All those things are important. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that love is first. Because not only is love most important, I, I believe, but I think a case could be made that if you look at each one of those characteristics, they are all uh, kind of springing out of a life or a character of love. If I'm living a life of love, I'll experience joy and I'll, I'll be at peace. If I'm, uh, if I'm living a life of love, I'll be more patient with those around me and, and with the circumstances of my life. If I'm living a life of love, I'll be kind and good to people. I'll be faithful. I won't be harsh or rude. I'll, I'll, I'll control myself. Uh, love, love governs all of it. Again, it all comes back to that. If, you're ask, if you ask yourself if you're seeing Jesus in the mirror... Maybe the answer is simply, am I, uh, maybe the, the question could be phrased, am I seeing love grow and show in my life? This probably is a little bit like uh, back in the day, you remember the, uh, the, the bracelet, maybe some of you had or still have the little bracelets with the four letters on them, you remember that? WWJD, right? What, what was that question? What would Jesus do? Okay, um, I'm I'm sure I've told you that um, I'm trying to get five letters to catch on, and so far it's not working too much. But FTLOP would is uh, is a great for the love of Pete is. Um, I've been trying the angle of the of the whole, you know, on texting, FTL. You know, it's not really, but maybe I need to get bracelets. I think maybe because that worked for a while back in in the late nineties and. Stuff. Anyway, what would Jesus do? I think it's not a bad thing to ask. That's that's fine. That's that's great. Um, maybe when we were, maybe you might think that just saying, "Well, am I seeing Jesus in the mirror?" Maybe that's that's uh, uh, kind of asking the same thing. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I, I, because I think that in order to know the answer to what Jesus would do, you have to know Jesus. Right? It's not just as simple as putting a bracelet on and then thinking about it for a minute and going, oh, you know what, I feel like Jesus might, and then I go do that. We have to have that, we have to have that connection to the vine. Right? It all comes back to that. And if and when you know Jesus, when you're connected to him, it, when you're living in him and he's living in you, I think that you will find that love will become the natural way that you live. Whether you're wearing a bracelet or not. <laughs> I don't think you'll have to ask the question because you've got the relationship. Again, I, I think it's tempting to hear a sermon about love. And uh, if you've been at church any, any time at all, for any length of time at all, you, you might say, well, yeah, okay, I've heard that before. Um, all right, pastor says I need to love a little more, so uh, good, now what's for lunch, right? Maybe I'll have some of that awesome pink cake out there and uh, just kind of move on. But, but, but are you, the question is, I want to kind of push that down and, and clue you back in here because uh, we really have to ask ourselves, okay, am I really loving the people in my life? Are you really loving the, even the people that, that aren't exactly the easiest to love? See, Jesus doesn't just say you need to love a little more. He actually tells us how we need to love. And it's a bigger deal than, than it might appear on the surface. Jesus says here in this passage that we need to love each other like he loves us. Love each other as I have loved you, he says. That raises the bar considerably. I don't know if you realize that or not. It's not just love a little more. Uh, it's love like Jesus loves. 
Because uh, it raises the bar because Jesus' love is selfless. It's over the top. It's difficult. It's, it's sacrificial. Jesus loved his enemies. Jesus forgave the people that mistreated him. Uh, he's stretched out with his arms as they're nailing his hands to the cross. And he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Over the top love. Jesus uh, kept teaching and loving his disciples even when they were boneheaded and they'd come back with questions. They go, what in the world are you talking about? I I can just picture, you know, he would, here we go again. And he'd explain it. And he he kept those relationships. He continued to love even when he was frustrated. Jesus sacrificed his life because of his great love. He even says here, this is literally, uh, John 15 is, the setting is in the upper room before Jesus is, uh, is betrayed and crucified. We're literally hours from crucifixion here. And Jesus is saying what's going to happen in, in this passage we read. And he says, true friends, real friends, lay down their lives for each other. We lay down your life for your friends. And then he says, I've called you friends. In, in, in a couple minutes, uh, as we close out our service, we're going to uh, celebrate communion and in, uh, in doing that, we'll be reenacting the sacrificial love that Christ has for us. And, and here he says that, that we're supposed to love like he loves. And it's a pretty tall order. Uh, but that's why we're here in this world, to love. Verse 16 says, I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit. Fruit that won't spoil, fruit that will last. He says, and then he tells us what that fruit looks like. Verse 17, he says, love one another. I've put you here to bear fruit. I've put you here to love. I mean, you might be able to say it this way. We live to love people to life. Ah, Kind of a cool little phrase. Maybe we should say that around here sometimes. So am I? We have to each ask ourselves, am I loving people to life? When I look in the mirror... Do I see someone who is becoming a person of love? Or do I see something else? Now it might be, you're completely honest, you might say, man, I I don't see that at all. I'm judgmental and I complain and I hold grudges and and, and I don't like to forgive and and I usually don't. And I'm I'm selfish a lot of the time and I feel like I, I, I just put up with people instead of loving people. And, and that's the people that I like. <laughs> Just watch out if it's somebody that I don't like, right? I'm not sure that I'm seeing Jesus in the mirror. Well, it's not hopeless. But you're not going to do this on your own by just trying to love more. We've got to get back to that connection with the branch and the vine. We're connected to Jesus and his love and his life flows through us. And it's a process. It's not just that, that, uh, that, that God zaps us with the amazing amount of love all at once, but we grow in this and we par- partner with him in putting ourselves in places where this can develop in our lives. But it starts with that process of, of God's Holy Spirit living within us and changing us. There's a promise. I, I, I love it in this passage because it's, it's not just, hey, do this. But Jesus says, if you do this, there's... Some great stuff that'll happen. It's, it's promises. He says, if you, back in the same passage, but, but earlier than what we read, verse five and verse eight, says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. In verse eight, he says, this is to my Father's glory if you bear much 
fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. If you are connected to Jesus, to the vine, if you're meeting with him, developing that relationship with him, uh, spending time in prayer and in scripture, and, and you're, you're devoted to him and growing, if you're trusting in him and, and you're obeying what he says and, and, uh, and, and stepping out in faith and, and developing that connection, Jesus says if you're doing that, if we're doing that, uh, we will bear fruit. It's a promise. That's, it's, that's what happens. You'll start looking like Jesus. People will see the family resemblance because you have his DNA, his spirit of love flowing through you. Do you see Jesus in the mirror? Are you submitted to his leadership, allowing the Holy Spirit to fill you in such a way that when people encounter your life, they're encountering the love of God? Father God, we thank you for the gift of Jesus and for the way that you love us. Lord, so many times we're focused on our outward appearance, but you've said that you look at our hearts. Not only do you look at our hearts, but you desire to change us from the inside out. You desire to to, uh, uh, look into our inmost part and to, to, uh, to, to mold us and shape us to look like you. Lord, in this, these moments of uh, communion, as we think about the sacrifice that, uh, that, that you went through for us. Lord, I pray that it would be fresh and new in each of our hearts, that we can recognize and know what true love looks like. And Lord, I just pray that you will make us more and more like you so that we can look like you wherever we go and whatever we do. Lord, we commit ourselves to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.